2: Hello and welcome to another Transfer Podcast on Anfield Index Pro. My name is Trev Denny and I am, as ever, podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland on a wet Sunday morning. And I'm joined to discuss transfer stuff with
3: the man in the know, Dave Davis. How are you doing, Dave? Yeah, not too bad, but we'll have to get into it at some point, won't we, eh?
2: yes possibly as to how in the know it's capable of being around liverpool at the moment uh, and what exactly there is to know around liverpool at the moment look let's let's just rip the plaster off dave let's get stuck straight into this because um It's always a good barometer, I think, of how things are going when you can just have a look at your general over and backs in Twitter with people who are not necessarily people you talk to regularly. Maybe they follow you. You didn't know they follow you. Or maybe they're just randomers who you got retweeted onto their timeline or something like that. And those interactions are always, I think, very indicative of where we're at. And having said something along the lines of um, imagine signing two players that we really, really badly need, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Type of sentiment. Um clearly tongue in cheek, clearly also slightly worried, certainly not bagging on FSG, uh who you know are the the, the basically the the demigods of some weird fans. Most people The vast majority of people, it was really interesting to watch. Their response was along the lines of absolutely this, or agree completely, or yeah, or really heavily down on on Klopp and FSG for not having this sorted out at this point already. But there are a couple of weirdos who come out and go... Just give it till the end of the window, can't you? Or, which I, I had already said in a previous tweet anyway, or along the lines of, oh, well, do you know, you, like what's wrong, like bedwetter type sentiments. So these freak shows are out there, but it, I thought it was interesting that they were very much in a minority and the majority of people who responded were very much sharing the sentiments. So I come in a long way to the first question of the podcast, uh, and I know you always want to be circumspect, so I want to give you an opportunity to be right at the off. Like, where are you? F- how are you feeling about this? I'm not sure exactly how many weeks we have left. Is it three? Is it four? Until the deadline, uh, the the window slams shut, as uh, the boys in Sky used to say. How are you feeling with the amount of time we've got left, uh, and equating that to the amount of business that we clearly do need to do, whether we're going to or not.
3: Yeah, it's uh, we, we said on the last part, didn't we, Trevor, if nothing had really progressed, then it'd probably be a, a slightly different tone. And I even had a few messages the, this week, like you said, saying, oh, FSGA, you know, all the... Basically, as you said, the extreme base of the population probably would have gone for a, a pint with Charlie Manson back in the day type of thing, you know, the, the extreme ones, as it were. So it's not about that. Like you said, there is give or take, three weeks or so for the window. So you've always got to put it in full context. And exactly like you said as well, it's the sort of 1st of September into the 2nd if you've got one of the famous deal sheets going in. So there is time. That's the first thing. The second thing to really say, Trev, is this could end at either range of the spectrum, the way you judge this. There's still time to make it good, but my hope for that, is dwindling every day. I have to be honest with that. From what I'm hearing, from what I'm seeing, there is time, as you said, for it to still be short, extremely bad, whichever way you want to, you know, swing, as it were, on the other end. The, the way I'm honestly picking it at the moment, Trev, is it just every day that, that goes by, you've seen certain things. When well, we'll get into what's happened this week, you know, you just get a little bit more. Nervous, it's fair to say. I'd understand the panic, I'd understand the fear, I really do understand that. I'd understand the hope dwindling like it is with me a little bit at the moment. I I did think after the start of this week's events, let's put it that way, there will be things that would almost the dominoes would fall over and fall over quickly. But long story short, Trev, the longer the window goes on, the harder it's gonna get for them pull and the bigger the risk we're gonna look more foolish than.
2: To this point, and let's get this out of the way at the top of the show so that people don't either tune out because they're full of um fume uh, and and um, uh, stunning stunning belief and bravery uh around the concept of f s g and how wonderful they are and back them they've saved us and all the rest of us. We're always looking for a little bit of context. And I think if you can't admit to yourself that this lot have been tight on occasions when support for Klopp would have been far preferable than what they chose to do then you may have to go and examine the facts a little. Nobody's saying to the worst owners in the world or anything like that. What we are saying is that we actually could really do the investment. Now, again, more context, Dave. And I, I find this is a really important point to make because there's a reductive bullshit that goes on from intelligent people who should know better than I follow on Twitter who are coming out with this bed wetter crap older fellas as well sometimes, who've been around the block and should know better. Uh, and they're full of this mindless optimism and clap rah, 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 and these lads are great owners and aren't we well run. Now, I don't sleep any better because the balance sheet is equal. And if you're a fan and that's what gets you off, then maybe you're supporting the wrong thing. I'm a football fan. I'm a Liverpool Football Club football fan. And what I want to do is see Liverpool Football Club winning. I'm getting to the context, Dave. Just humor me here for a second. The point that I wanted to make here at the start of this show, and this one in particular because this is when the panic is starting to build, is that the reason for the panic in my case, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and assume yours as well, is that we have the makings of a league-winning squad. We have the makings of a squad who can win it all, these new boys are fantastic. They've liberated some of our old boys to play better. There's no two ways about that. They will activate those two new boys, the front line, and they will enhance our defensive capacity just by dint of the energy and the intelligence of their uh, football and their style of play. So why in the name of God would you not want to have that squad on the level that can compete? And by not signing specifically defensive midfielders, and I say that plural, we are putting ourselves in a situation where we're not equipped to do that. Or certainly we're certainly looking for miracles. We're looking for some sort of great improvisational thing. And I'm sick of asking Jürgen Klopp to pull rabbits out of hats with players. It's starting to get in my wick. That's where my annoyance comes from. And if people want to say panic and bedwetting, that's where the anxiety comes from. Is because I want us to win. I'm not happy to turn up for a day out. Fuck that. Go to a flower show. What I want to do is I want our club to win this manager, Dave. This set of players, especially enhanced by the two new arrivals, need a compliment to them, a compliment that works on the defensive side of the game, because we have lost our chief defensive midfielder for the last couple of years, without whom we'd have won nothing, and the guy who stood in for him, like him or not. Do you see where I'm coming from this? Does that make sense to you, that, that laying out of it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think it it comes down to the ultimate crux for me. And everyone's got an, an opinion on this, you know, and there the is a, there's value to to all the things I hear within reason. That for me, it comes down to Trev. We are wasting it, and I mean that. That's the word I come down to: wasting. We are wasting Jurgen Klopp's renewal. We are wasting the best years of the likes of Salah, Allison all these good players that we've got, you know, just because we won't do, for me, what almost stares you in the face if you want to be successful. Yep. That, like you said, a couple of midfielders, even, you know, a, a centre-back. I mean, the fact that since Virgil came in, the only two centre-backs we've bought are Canate and Van der Berg. And that, that, that tells its own story. That's going to be another problem that, you know, we didn't touch on there. We are just wasting it all. And it really isn't, that bigger leap or that bigger presumption to say that with a few of players, the few right players, we've seen it before, haven't we? When we did Alison Van Dyke, you know, just what that extra bit of quality. I'm not even saying it has to be that level or you know those, those amounts, even. But the scrimp and save, the plead poverty routine. It, it's that word successful. Now we say successful. We want to win pots. We want to see that champions wall ratchet up. We want to see those lift trophy, all those types of things. Some people see it as the balance sheet. Some maybe on a business sense see it as if you get top four, that's success. Not in it for that, Trav. So, yeah, it comes down to me. We're just wasting a lot of things.
2: Yeah, uh, that's well put, actually. That's how, how it feels. It feels like a, a waste if we don't. And, to, and, and, and the corollary of that, we get the right guys in. Um, I, I could not be more excited for the season to come. I'm going to be excited anyway because I'm a Liverpool fan. But I really think there's a potential there for us to have a special season, and a special season after that, and a special season after that. And that's exactly what I'm 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 wanting as a Liverpool fan. What can we talk about that that is actually done? Uh, what's worrying some people is that this, um, what I've been referring to as windfall cash for Henderson and Fabinho is being seen, uh, as now just actually the de facto budget. That's uh, a worry, uh, that some people have, and it's probably justified given past stinginess. Um, however. Um, at least that money is in. And I've seen optimistic takes saying, well, maybe now we're going to just pull a real rabbit out of a hat at the last minute. (laughs) I don't know if that's hopium or what. But the Fabinho deal has been done. Tell us the 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 the, the, um, the details of it. We're going to then talk about Mr. Lavia and we're going to talk about uh, our new ball cap uh, wonder, uh, George Smatka as well. But let's start with the fab deal. What do we know about it and what does it mean for the club now in terms of specifics, just so that everybody who's maybe getting mixed messages knows the concrete facts here?
3: Yeah, that that is that is all done and completed. That was Monday, wasn't it? Six days ago. It seems like an eternity ago that that was completed to had for £40 million. And now they've been, obviously, that have been drawing out and there's talk about FIFA releasing the funds, all those types of things. But as you said, that meant essentially when all that cash comes through, we were sat on a £52 million windfall, as it you call it, from Henderson. And from Frabino, you know, and, and as you said it then, hold on, is that the budget? No, that should be bonus, all those debates. So what triggers? Because everyone was expecting, and I think he's right to, and hoping it was almost be a concurrent deal, like a, cha- a house in a chain, that Romeo Lavia would then be in. But the bid goes in, the second bid, that's now being rejected as well. The last one was for, for 41 million add-ons, which... It's just hugely un-Liverpool, Trev. Usually, when you get news of it, isn't it? It's pretty much done, and you know it's, it's pretty much there. You know the, the haggling, the premise of the deal. But this is a second bid that has been rejected. Now you go on top of that, and the Athletic come out with their article later in the week saying, you know, that Liverpool are unwilling to meet their asking price, which fans the flames. And to, to me, my context, I took that as. Southampton's asking price is 50 million. We are not going to meet, you know, we're not going to go for 50 million. We're trying to structure it, you know, in regards to add ons, as we know, to to below that, but that's how I took it. But naturally, it fans the Flames. Then he's named in the Southampton squad. He's on the bench. Fortunately, he does not play a minute against Sheffield on Wednesday, on Friday night. So people are thinking, oh, that means the deal's closed. It must be a good. Might just be the boy's not fit because he keeps coming on for about fifteen, sixteen minutes at the end. So you know, it's not like he's primed and ready to go if he does come over straight away. Another thing on the notch. Then, like you said, Treff, the Scholz Schmacker thing, that article, which was just a bit bizarre. Some people again go, "You're into too much there," so people can make their own judgments. It's that story that comes out that. He's not fully engrossed in sort of AXA and field life, as it were. He's not even met some of of the senior youth academy in that regard. He actually spends most of his time in a villa in Ibiza, apparently. Flies into Liverpool now and again. Has been with the squad in pre season in that regard, but, you know, there's that thing as well. But again, it's just bizarre. It doesn't really strike you when all the talk's been is it permanent? Is it short term? It just throws up again more questions around George Schmacker And my take, whatever now, is Southampton are in a very strong position because they've got the Livramento cash set to come in any day. They've got a rich backers, Trev. Southampton are also are very keen to go straight back up, as we know they've been honest about. And if they don't, they've got that parachute payment. They've also got the Lavier clause that kicks in next summer. All the cards, all the chips are with Southampton they are in a position of strength, Trev. They really are. And with us, even Neil Jones, you know, someone who comes on with us quite a bit today, a few pods and mentioned it. Liverpool, he already you know, with all the info he's getting is that Liverpool are going beyond almost what they believe that, you know, key people believe Lavia is worth anyway. Hence a bit of the he's kind of gone quiet, hasn't it, since that second bid. It really, really has. So, that scares you more, But The longer this goes on, Liverpool's strength just, not that it's there anyway, Trev, but it just dwindles. We look foolish. We look foolish if we move on. Why have you wasted all that time at Lavia? What have you been doing? Great question. We look foolish if it's done almost now as well. Like, why is it taking you so long? Why have you dragged this up? Look how late you've left it. Look how unfit the lad's going to be for, for the start of the season. We just look Foolish, And this whole playing the pauper thing that that keeps going on, like you said, when you sat back to the original point on top of that 52 million windfall, you know, I I only have visions, Trev, that Jürgen, Pep and Big Peter are sat in the office, you know, nipping a scotch right now and raising a glass, toasting in the bleak midwinter. I'm just hoping it all works out. I really don't know how else to describe it. It just doesn't seem good, mate, put it that
2: way. I hope they've got the flat caps on. Do um, you know, my th- my thing as I'm listening to you uh, walk through it there, just correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, but we've got quite a good history of um, business transactions with Southampton, yes? Um if that is the case, which it is um, like they love, we love buying their players and and there's a, an established line of of business transaction there with that club. Uh, And the thing that's been floated out there, you touched on it briefly as a thing that people are saying, the club is willing to go to this 50 million mark. Now that can mean one of only two things. One we are incredibly stingy and, <coughs> excuse me, unwilling to play or to pay the, um, the English league premium for a footballer who we've wasted a lot of time pursuing. And that's a very well made point as well that you've just made. We wasted a lot of time after Chuamani. We wasted a huge amount of time after Bellingham. In both cases, as you said, we looked foolish. That was the only thing. That's the only thing you can take away from it. The club looks silly all that time invested. Um, we're hanging on for this guy. We're hanging on for this guy. We don't get this guy. It looks terrible. And we flirted with it before with Virgil and got our man after six months. So this cannot be the pattern. So there's two things, that I, I two possibilities I wonder about this 50 million thing. First of all, do you think it's just simply tightness? Or second of all, do you think, and here's where I go for my little um, uh, huff on the hopium pipe, is it possible that what's happening here is we've got the original amount of money that we were going to have to spend on freaking midfielders, uh, with Fabinho and Henderson staying, um, because we were going to need a, 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 a fab, uh, understudy. Is that money now being added to so that we can go and get a proper first-team starter because I've seen that theory float around and the higher it goes for Lavia we can't really pull the, the lever and do the business we want to and the other player who nobody knows yet so this is where the hopium comes in I mean I, I even as I'm saying that it sounds far-fetched but but I'm sure you've heard that theory you're, you're far more plugged in than I am I'm sure you've seen that thing being floated around what's your honest take on why it is this Lavia thing is dragging out so much do you think it's simply Fiscal, uh, uh, you know, uh, hyper vigilance, or is it because there's another another deal, another lever that needs pulling, and one thing has a knock on effect on the other?
3: Yeah, it's it's, it's a tough one. It, for me, honestly, the and I've seen the the takes that oh, we're waiting for too many, we're waiting for that. I, I just I believe that that's pie in the sky. If you believe those owners will fork out that type of money. Those types of wages, that type of thing. What I suspect, Trev, is you'll hear the famous words Liverpool are preparing. Liverpool are edging closer to a third bid for Romeo at Lavia. And I honestly believe it's all about like the amount and the structure because we get, you know, we get hyper sonic on these types of things as a club it seems with our deals, we really do you know, how much down, how much is on appearances, how much is this, how much is on what he does, you know, Liverpool success all the bonuses, you, you know the way we, we structure deals, that's what I honestly believe, however Trev what what really strikes me more than anything is, I kind of feel for this kid a bit, because suppose Lavia comes everyone's going to look at this kid and be like, yes it's one through the door, but we still need another, I made mean, a centre back, true Everyone, if this kid comes, will be like, oh, he's not got experience, this, this, this. True, there's a... True, you know, like, you can't ignore those facts. Every, the other side will be, oh, he's a potential, high ceiling, you know. True, because they wouldn't be paying this type of money if they didn't believe that. But all of a sudden, the pressure that gets ratcheted on this 19-year-old kid is absolutely insane. And there is the bit of hope, because there always is, and we do just occasionally... Love a deal from nowhere. We know that. We love a Diaz from nowhere. We love a Gakpo from nowhere in January. We love does a lie out of nowhere type of thing. And it is the bit of hopium, you know, that, that type of thing that, you know, Lavia and one more type of thing. Or if Lavia doesn't, you know, we pivot elsewhere. But if you ask me honestly, I just think that's what you're going to see probably Monday, Tuesday, Liverpool are edging closer, preparing. And the show rolls on and on and you just scratch your head more and more. I would love to be more optimistic. And you know, listen, if we get live here, you know, I think the kids got potential. So it's not a downer, we just the time ticks on, it's the overall context. But yeah, that's Debbie Downer, what I think you will see.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I I have the f- a feeling that the Lavia deal gets done, and that the club then will um, feel that it's justified itself by overpaying, and that that might well be it. That's my um, sort of uh, pessimistic uh, outlook, which I've seen people describe as, as optimistic because at least it means we get a lad in. Um, but I agree with your point completely because the the, the whatever about the fans you talked about the two extremes in the fan base and what they will expect from Lavia. Uh, Some saying give the lad time. Some will say, um, you know, he's he's a world beater and and, and et cetera. And they will be have huge, huge, huge expectations of him. Regardless of what any Liverpool fan says, the media having spent 50 million will now assume him to be a first team player and he will get exactly the same amount of pressure or more that, that Darwin Nunez got regardless of the gap between their fees because he will be expected to be a Liverpool first teamer and if he's not, or if he's not up to the job or he makes a couple of mistakes in his first couple of games or if we expect this child to come in and be our starting central uh, defensive midfielder then there are questions to be asked left, right and centre and they're not just to be asked, I think of the people who are holding purse strings, because we need to structure squads, and that ultimate responsibility falls not necessarily with the people who pay the money, um, or at least not only with them. We do have a, an ongoing link to uh, an interesting lad from Fluminense. Uh, talk to us a little bit about this, because this is one that I've heard. Uh, various takes on maybe now, maybe January because of the lad's current situation and his club's current situation, maybe next summer and so on and so forth. What can you tell us about Andre? Because most people, if they're honest, have never seen this lad play, know very little about him.
4: Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. before every Premier League match week, and then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter, at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: Yeah, it was kind of a, a bit similar for me. So it was kind of getting the info when we did a few media matches with Neil Jones, Ben Boxer, you know, some brilliant insights into him. They're very much a, um, a controller almost in the Thiago mould rather than a, a Fabinho sort of destroyer, progressive destroyer, if you want to call him that. Now, naturally, his name's not new, Trev, but it kind of spiralled off Mel Reddy's tweets and her stories that Liverpool are looking at him as an alternative to Romeo Lavia. And that sort of cynicism kicks in like, no, they're not really. They're just trying to do one of their old tricks that they always do to put pressure on Southampton because they think it'll work and it won't. And that—that that was the ultimate sort of cynics signs or thoughts on it, realistically. But it, in fairness, naturally, there was a—we made a, do the normal inquiries, and you know, Neil and Bembo spoke about him. That there is the Liverpool interest. That is definite. That we have made an inquiry. We have asked what it would take, what are the circumstances. And, and like you said, very much that, you know, they don't want to sell Ruminense, you know, you say, you know they're, they're in the Copa Libertadores, they are, you know, the Brazilian transfer window's up, so the time, they would rather do it in the next window, i.e. January. There's kind of a move to an acceptance. That was what we got back, that... You want it to go. However, the only thing we did have, and this is what again sounds strange, that you know, having digging around and asking, harassing people as we do as much as possible, that a bid was made for the player. Now, I'm, you know, that's all we have. And even when we're asking around, the bid was made. I don't know if that's to get him now. I don't know if that's to, for January. I Lying if we said uh, we had any more on that. And there's even talk of a release clause in there as well, Tre, Don't have anything on that. Again, we'd be lying if I said I did. I've just heard that rumour or seen that rumour, I should say, as well. So it's kind of a bit's been made. Again, it's gone quiet, hasn't it, since earlier in the week on Andre. So no one seems to really know where that's at. Maybe people are taking that as that bit's been ignored. You You know, we've been told no, so it's not really of interest to us until later on. Who really knows 100%? But yeah, he's been named an alternative. We had that, a been made. And in true Liverpool style, it's gone quiet later in the week. And here we are.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, here we are. Um, and there are several um, agricultural style expressions I could talk about, about how we're waiting with certain things in our hands. And that's exactly how it feels um, at the moment with these Pending potential willie they deals. Um, hopefully, we really were Dave. I think both thinking, you know, there will be something done in the week between last Sunday and today. We're, 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 we're recording these things just so folks know at, uh, at ungodly hour of nine a.m. on a Sunday um, for the last couple of weeks, um, and. It, to say we gave the club maximum time, we gave them a full seven days, including one day, half of the weekend, to get their arson gear and nothing has happened. So, yeah, I hope the Andre deal gets done simply because he is the absolute spirit of my personal trainer, which means I have a ready-made nickname. I'm going to call him Dan and nobody will know why and i won't care but uh in terms of uh wrapping this up then dave i think we've actually gone on one plenty here in terms of getting our opinions out on the table which is how we were going to wrap this section up but i do want to give you an opportunity to just uh, put a, a a sort of bow on top if there's anything you want to add just to the whole liverpool side of this thing before we get on to clubs who are actually doing some business
3: yeah it, whatever happens now it is too late for for Clock will have the outline, if not you know the full eleven of his, of his team for that game. It's too late for them. The focus is you've got to, you've gotta get one in this week. I mean, you said last week the tone would change slightly, which it has as we've been obviously given full context about this time. If in a week's time there's no one in the door again, Trev the tone changes again completely because there will literally be two weeks left of the window, but let's hope that's just a hypothetical in an alternate universe that never comes to fruition, eh?
2: Yeah, because the alternative seems to be us keeping our fingers crossed and hoping that a player that I really like, Curtis Jones, is suddenly suddenly transformed into a a DM, which is um, less than ideal. Um, In terms of club's who are doing bits, we have to start at Chelsea because that's where things tend to happen. There are interesting moves afoot for them. And I know they had been linked, and this is going to be, I think our last story that we mentioned in the Premier League with uh, a certain lad who's highly fancied uh, at Ajax and still are, but it seems from the journals there and uh, are reliable that that deal has been done with a different club. So we'll come back to that different club right at the end. But Chelsea have plenty of their own deals. Um, new fellas coming in at big money, fellas that maybe an, all, an awful lot of people might know, like, uh, center halves from Moscow, uh, from Monaco rather, um, from Rennes, uh, players coming in from there, um, the uh, flirtation stroke deal, I'm not sure because I've been out in the loop for the last 24 hours, but I think the deal has been known for Sanchez as well. Um, Caldwell, who we were linked with for a long time, looks like he's going to stay put. Um And that's only the start. So I'm going to let you rev up and get stuck into what's going on there at Chelsea.
3: Just do us a favour with this one, Trev. Set the stopwatch, and if I don't finish at 12, just cut it dead wherever it is. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. it's wild, this one. It really is. I mean, God bless, sweetie Todd. He just made this window go round and round and round. So, to be fair, with Injurita Mavada, they did need a new centre-half. And, again, probably a name for me to butcher. They've got Axel Desai, I think it's pronounced, about £45 million from Monaco, so he is in. They've got the boy... Again, another name for me to butcher. Leslie Ugachukwu, signed from Renz. But Pochettino's comments were absolutely fascinating. They told you so much, Trev. As he said, he goes, when we get the lad in, trying to call him the lad, you know, we'll have to evaluate and see where he's at before making a decision. Could anything scream more, Trev? I am not making the decisions. You know, some the random guys, you know, buying players, that type of thing. And then I just get... What did I get? Almost felt had a hinge of the raffer, the they asked me for a lamp and got you know, I got a table type of Yeah, 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 yeah. Had that feel. So interesting. And then Treb, they signed, as you said, Roberto Sanchez, the Brighton keeper, for twenty-five million pounds. Just in case you misheard me then, Robert Sanchez, the Brighton backup keeper, for twenty-five million quid. All I can now conclude after all summer of not the fifth bid, not getting Kaiseido and paying £25 million. I don't like a cast of dispersions, but I could only assume that Tony Bloom has pictures of Todd Bowley at a party dressed as a French maid and is threatening to publish them. Hence, the one-way traffic that is going between Brighton and Chelsea this summer. And maybe the revenge, maybe the revenge is we also saw that happened, a six-year renewal deal for Levi Colwell, which well and truly sort of burst the bubble or you know any pie in the sky fantasies we had of getting him that's done then it seems very possible Juventus back to this one we mentioned 4 weeks ago looking at a swap deal for Vlaovic and Lukaku you know Romano's mentioned that we said it about a good four, 3 4 weeks ago give or take it's not going away athletics as they've inquired about Tyler Adams the the Leeds player the sort of utility man with a relegation release clause. Fascinating, Treb. Another name for me to butcher, they're set to do. Cassady, their young midfielder, the Italian, is set to go to Leicester on loan. They're now looking at bidding for, again, a player called David Washington, a young Brazilian a forward, paying £20 million, then going on loan to Strasbourg, that feeder club, which is just getting stocked. I mean, they are literally stockpiling South American youngsters. They really are, Treb. And then this one, a young player on the left-hand side, Lewis Hall, who's done well for them pre-season. So people think he's going to do well. All seems set to go on loan to Crystal Palace, which I think is a great move for them. But I'm not, Trev, it, they couldn't be more the other end of the spectrum, could they? We are doing almost nothing, it seems. Every five minutes, they seem to be doing a deal, whether it's bringing him in, sending him to Strasbourg, keeping him in's out. They are just keeping... The transfer window revolving round, and God bless Sweeney Todd. I don't know how he does it, but he's got some stamina for his age, Annie, the old boy.
2: I'll tell you what, also very, very important this week, because this is the first one we've done since it has become a phenomenon where it isn't, if not dominated, but a very, very hefty chunk of our chat is going to be based around Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabian cash. That's not so much the case this week. Um, so instead, as you say, Sweeney steps up to the plate and starts swinging like a maniac uh, and connecting left, right and center. All sorts of deals getting done there. Some of them are very, very interesting. Um, There's nearly too much to even recap. One thing I was surprised by was I thought if ever there was a player who was like, nailed on to go and uh, take the Saudi coin, I thought it was going to be uh, Lukaku. Uh, maybe that still will happen, but that's very interesting. That Flavish swap deal is very interesting indeed. Um, let's move our focus to London. And let's have a little look at Tottenham and Arsenal. And a player that we were linked with, uh, Mickey van der Veen, um, has made a move to London. And the Harry Kane story rumbles on. Uh, and there is also another Arsenal story involving a hefty sum of cash backed by Mr. Hornstein as well, so good few little bits and bobs here. Let's start off with that Van der Veen um, uh, info. Yeah,
3: yeah that, that seems pretty much done by the, the medical, which the latest update is that he's set to fly in and do it, the young Dutch defender, on Monday, so yeah, around the, the 50 million million pound mark somewhere around there. So it's amazing now his price increased, isn't it, from what we were looking at, but but there you go, he's set to make the move to North London. The the other thing that's naturally dominating everything Spurs related is the Harry Kane. And there was quite a few that went with this trip. Jason Burr of the, the telegraph, he did a big story on it. But Bayern put that bid in and gave them a deadline, Spurs a deadline, you know, giving Daniel Levy a deadline. When's that ever gonna work? type of thing. But if you know a few others gone with it. That deadline sort of been in past, then there was a bit of backtracking, you know, saying, "Oh, it's never really a deadline type of thing," you know. But that is just going to rumble on and on. I mean, the latest they're saying on the table is the 100 million euros. So you're talking around 85 million for Harry Kane. It's you just get the feeling it's got to move really one way or the other because Spurs cannot afford that to to go on forever. Then on the Arsenal side, we know they've been spending left, right, and centre. This one was a, a bit like last week that the caught people on the heart. David Raya, the, the Spanish international goalkeeper, amazing with his feet. That he is close to going there, as Ornstein says, around the 25 million pound mark. Now, people have raved about Aaron Ramsey galore, didn't they last season? I always thought he's not a bad keeper. I never say that, but I always thought he's overrated when they're talking about needing a keeper for a, a title. I think Raya is probably a better keeper, so maybe Arteta thinks the same, and there will be natural talk because. Who is number one if he goes at Arsenal? But yeah, it's uh, he's just busy in all parts of London, isn't it? Simple as that at the moment.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, that will be an interesting. I think I think you're right. I think that would be a very interesting battle. There's something about the link to Raya and Arteta, and I'm wondering where that would leave Ramsdale sit. To be honest, it's an interesting one for sure. Meanwhile, of course, City just. Um, put out a rumor that they're interested in a footballer and then go and spend the record amount required to capture him And before you start getting all upset with me, listener, I understand that that is a whole different financial paradigm that they're operating from. I just mean the contrast in terms of MO is starting to get a little bit bothersome. It's a world record fee for a defender. Guardiol is now a city man. There's more to say about City as well. So what can you tell us here, Dave?
3: Yeah, they have read. Josco Vardial has signed for them, hasn't he? 90 million euros, they're saying, which translates whatever the conversion rate they got at Tesco was for about 77, 78 million, something like that. So that that's done. You know, they've, they've got a, an unbelievable player in the door. You can't describe it any other way. Outgoing-wise, everyone knows João Cancelo wants to go. Barca very much, you know, they're having talks with him now. Xavi said publicly he wants to right back. I would probably expect that happens because Pep clearly doesn't want in there. Javi wants to right back. He wants to go to Barca. I'm sure something will probably get done. They'll find a magic lever in that regard. And then the interesting one, because Mahrez leaves and actually everyone's waiting like, which attack are you going to go for? How's that going to work? All they the you know, the, the boy that Chelsea were interested in, that, that's still sort of fritting away in the background. But the link that also came up this week from a few areas, Jeremy Doku, the young player we've been linked with, who hasn't really set the world alight, let's put it that way, as people expected him to. But yeah, I think that, I think that's more of a, an agent plan is my take on that. But City have made moves. They made a hell of a move. There'll be, still be outgoings probably with the likes of, Cancelo, possibly Kyle Walker, probably Laporte you fancy now as well at some time, Trev, in that way. But they are not finished with incomings as well. And I'd like to be a bit more optimistic, but the way it's looking with their squad at the moment, it almost comes to me as how many points are they winning that league by?
2: It's 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 hard to it's hard to look at it any other way, man. It's hard to look at it any other way. Um, we remain ridiculously hopeful that some rabbit will be pulled out of some hat, and we might emerge as contenders. But it's going to take quite the thing for that to be the case. Um, it could be worse. You could be a West Ham fan. Uh, they have had tremendous uh, moment in the sun unparalleled for decades for them last season. Uh, Then they went and they sold their uh, highest rated footballer, uh, whether he's their best footballer or not, for a huge amount of money. And since then, Dave, it's been a bit of a mess. Um, We see David Moyes and the boys splattering around, trying to get this money to work for them. Um, And it doesn't seem to be having much success.
0: These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout.
3: You're going to like this one, Trev, I think. So, yeah, the, the only club that has zero signings so far and naturally, all the the debate about with Tim Steiden coming in as the new sporting director, David Moyes, not seeing eye. We talked about it last week. So it just has the feeling, the way it's going, that David Moyes gave it the, you know, I've won this, I've done this, you know, I won a trophy, back me type of thing. I want these players. And it has the feeling of Tim Stiden turning around to the owner and going, he's not the Moisire, he's a very naughty boy type of thing. <laughs> so. It just doesn't seem to be really getting much better. I mean, they've had the second World crowds bid turned down. Even now, players wanting out. Scamica, their Italian forward, their big money signing for the other season, looks set to go to Atalanta. It looks set to be Inter, but Atalanta, with their and cash from United, as we said, have stumped in there, and they look to get that deal done. They pretty much thought they had Borges, the young winger at City's academy, taken, but. They got gazumped up by Ajax at the last minute, so he went there as well. The only real hope on the sort of horizon for, for West Ham fans is that Romano said that last night kind of broke, that they have agreed terms with Edison Alvarez, the Mexican midfielder, who's at Ajax, funnily enough. So, there is hope, you know, that they'll get a deal done and they've got the holding midfielder. But that was what we said right at the start on the first, you know, on the inaugural show of the summer, wasn't it, really? So if they go back to them, you kind of thinking, what the hell's taken all this time? And then just to really add to sort of, not the humiliations, maybe strong, but a bit of embarrassment the way it's gone. I mean, they even get caught advertised on a football website for positions, don't they? Now, I should give it context. It's not a. It's not like a first club to ever, but Premier League clubs don't tend to advertise. It tends to be the the lower leagues or smaller clubs, as it were, so to speak. But West Ham put adverts out for players. It's not far off when they really did the Coke Zero Footballer Academy street Footballer thing, isn't it, really? Trying to get a few in, I suppose. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's been a bit of an eventful or non-eventful window for West Ham so far, depending on how you want to look at it, Trev.
2: Wow, yeah, yeah, like plenty of 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 embarrassment uh, for them to embrace, so, uh, along with a very wonderful clip that's doing the rounds today of, of uh, our uh, um, old pal. Jimmy Pierce giving an interview talking about how on his exit from West Ham Moyes described him as and I quote a wanker uh, go check that out on Twitter if you want uh, so yeah that's a that's a, a, a less than satisfactory window so far for West Ham um, possibly the only uh, club who are going to be um, pulling their hair out more than us and again yes I understand we got two wonderful footballers and not an ungrateful boy I just want to win the league. So stop saying things. Um, we do have a roundup then of the other clubs. Uh, Crystal Palace, you mentioned a few minutes ago, the potential for Michael Elise leaving. Um, they do have someone in the in the door. Um, Everton um, are, again, having a pretty, not a great window on there, looking at people leaving as well. Um, Forrest um, have focused their attentions elsewhere. And I think the biggest story, low key, the club that everyone's sort of got financial and, um, and, and business envy of when they have a look around is Brighton and the way things are done there. And Brighton look to have probably one of the deals of the transfer window sort of low key under the radar, almost complete Um, with, I think it was Chelsea, their main uh, rivals. Um, this may be the deal that triggers then, the one that we haven't mentioned this week, Um, if this money comes in, it may be the deal that triggers them going back into the market next week, and giving us another banana story where they just go and get Caicedo for 119000000 million. Let's do this final wrap-up, starting with Palace then, Dave.
3: Yeah, Palace is a fascinating one. they got uh, Matias Franca, the young Brazilian from Flamengo, so naturally we did a bit of reaching around with the South American sources that we sometimes have on AI, and they were, they were saying, you know, there's a lot of excitement with this kid's got real talent. And if you put him alongside, you know, depending on if they stay, Eze, Olyse, this kid, you know, it, it, they do have a real flirting palace. It will be fascinating to see how he does. Everton-wise, it's just kind of funny. I'm trying not to laugh. But Damari Gray said clearly that he wants out. He's pretty much agreed to deal with Fulham, Trev. However, Dyche is saying, you know, I'm not going to let you go until we get options in the door. There obviously his agent in obviously having that way, and Dai is coming back honestly to say we've got like nine players. And Kev from the Hot walks. the Chinese across the road, is playing right back at the moment in our current lineup. So I can't let you go. We need people in, type of thing. It's brilliant what's going on at Everton. Forest, they have divvied with Dean Henderson, haven't they, from United this whole summer realistically, but now they're just pretty much giving up and they look set to sign. Matt Turner from Arsenal, the American international, around the £7 million mark, with naturally Raya coming in, one in one out there as well, so it'll suit everyone. And then, like you said, the story of maybe the window in the low key so far. Brighton agree the fee for Mohamed Koudis, The, the Ajax, Ghanaian, sort of attacking midfielder forward, you know, plays a multitude of positions. I mean, this player has been on so many top clubs radar ever since he was at Midland, you know, in Denmark, you know, he did so well there and if you're honest, Trent, many expected him to end up at even us possibly, Chelsea, Arsenal, one of the big teams that was expected but as Ornstein breaks it, which is reliable as you're going to get, he is set to move to Brighton so what a move, what a coup for them really I, I would say as well. I know he's arguing no one's pulled the plug but I think that's a brilliant signing for the um, I really do so yeah that was probably the the low key winner of the window so far but yeah even as we're running through it everyone seems to be doing business apart from (laughs) Liverpool and West Ham eh
2: (laughs) I mean, it's undeniable, man. I'm going to go and, you know, pimp this show out immediately after we finish, as I always do. And I'm going to say something along the lines of it being a transfer show. That will be in it there, obviously. And I will get the usual suspects coming at me going, huh, not much transfer is getting done. But we can't be completely one-eyed. There is a lot of business going on. And that last story there about Kudus. Dave, would you be surprised if that kid is sold for twice that within a season or two? Because I wouldn't.
3: I think it it will probably show it's one that we will know and a lot of fans will know. But the big clubs will look back on and say, (laughs) and we'll all just be saying, yeah, no shit, of course, because now you're paying 70, you know, more. Because he'll have a great season, you fancy, in the Premier League. Even if he has just a decent season, Trev, his value goes up, you know, in that regard. He said he's not going to sign a new deal at Ajax. So just Brighton again, smart business, brilliant manoeuvres.
2: Now, we can't finish the show without having a worldwide uh, uh, wrap-up. We're only going to focus on one club this week because there's a bit of crack to be had at PSG for us in terms of discussion. And then we we do have to acknowledge the the latest Saudi stuff because there is at least one big deal that's been done since you and I spoke involving a former Red. Um, So that's an important one to wrap up with as well. So we'll finish with the Saudi stuff. But for now... Talk us through PSG, because we know what's happening there in terms of the Mbappe thing. We've gone into some detail on that in the past. It's a ridiculous situation, uh, very awkward, embarrassing. um, And it's a a tricky one for everybody involved, um, being driven by uh, your christening of uh, Mbappe as Le Petit Scheidt. Talk us through what's happening there and the sort of constellation of revolving deals that may or may not happen as a result of what may or may not happen with Mbappe.
3: Yeah, it's just it's just an insane club, really, isn't it, realistically? So it looks like, as as we confirmed at the earlier in the week, that Dembele, and Dembele, the, the Barcelona winger, I mean that, that deal could be happening any second, but PSG activate one of his clauses because you know how Barca love to pull their levers and do things well it looks like he's pulled one of his own I mean this is a fascinating deal there was two clauses in his contract Two clauses. whereas if a club bid he would get 50% of the fee, Barca would get 50% or if they didn't do it by that certain day he could still put something in writing to the club to pretty much get the same deal I mean fascinating really but the suggestion is that of the 50 million quid that's going to get done, that he gets 25 and Barcelona only gets 25. So what that deal is, is absolute madness, realistically. But yeah, everyone's expecting Dembele at Brentford to move to PSG. Also, it seems they're very close to signing Goncalo Ramos, the the Portuguese forward from Benfica, they love selling an expensive forward every summer, don't they? So, that looks set to get done for big money as well. And it makes sense, you know. A Mafe, they're looking to ship out. Messi's gone. you know. We won't go into FFP because that's not a subject with BSG, but, you know, two in, two out type of thing. The Verratti exit, it, it seems to be drawing closer, we keep hearing, but... I just, I would be surprised, Trev, if it gets to the point where he stays just because even Saudi, even Saudi say, we're not paying that for a footballer, you know, for his age type of thing. PSG might be the only club that could get them to do that. Just get a little gut there as well. And then we get the media stories as well. that apparently, Apparently, Killian is a bit angry about his treatment and the way it's been doing. I mean... I understand why he's angry, Trev. You know, when, when you get a, a record amount, a £60, £60 million loyalty bonus, when they put your mum on the board, when they let you pretty much pick the team and sack the managers, you know, when they give you a, a deal that just makes you probably a billionaire, gives up all commercial rights, pretty much give you everything you want. When someone finally calls you, bro, because they actually realise you have been speaking to Real Madrid, which even Stevie Wonder has seen it, you know, during this summer and before. I could understand why he would be upset. You know, just give me a break, Trev. Honestly, and Mbappe's angry. If that's anger as a lifestyle, sign me up for every single second and every single penny. Do you know what I mean? But absolute chaos at PSG, and it is not going to change anytime soon.
2: No, it's really not, and, and it's going to be a bit of fun regardless. I do love. The uh little metaphor for the the more extreme parts of various fan bases enjoying the transfer window as a whole lot of lads sitting at home pulling the wrong levers. That's wonderful work, Dave. Fair play to you. Um I will finish with Saudi with an update there. Um Willian is being linked. Uh Simeon is being linked, Virati, you mentioned, linked, Kessie linked amongst others, and of course, very firm favourite former Red, who's had a shit year, is also now part of that setup. Talk us through the latest revolving Saudi door.
3: Yeah, just uh, another crazy week. I mean, the one that struck me is, William signed for Fulham, you know, he renewed for, for another year, so everyone thought, oh, that, that makes sense. And then we hear that despite having signed for full of about 10 minutes ago. He's literally agreed terms with the Saudi clubs. They're trying to do a deal now. I mean, like, what the heck is going on type of thing, Trev? So, you know, he gets a deal as a free transfer and then the Saudis drive a truckload of cash up to him as an offer and we'll see what happens there. We, you know, might try and stand strong Marco Silva, but just a bizarre one. The Mane one, yeah, that's all done. I mean, he literally, you know, he's played for them now. It was... There was something almost gut-wrenching, Trev. seeing him and Ronaldo celebrating together. It just didn't look right on any single level, but there we go.
2: Agreed. Awful to look at, Dave. Awful to look at. I agree.
3: Just horrible, if you think, what's led to the circumstances events, but this is the world we live in. And then, honestly, the the strangest one, maybe. Ossiman, Victor Ossiman, the Napoli forward, I mean, Al Hilal have had multiple bids, and he's a bit mental in Napoli, isn't he? The, the film, the film creator, the film director. You know, he's done a bit of crazy things. But the talk is that they're going to come back with another offer, Trev. You know, and the offer on the table for him as a player is apparently about one million pounds a week, I like fifty-two million a year or so. Absolutely crazy. Then you come on to, like you said, Cassie. No one wants him. Barcelona don't want him. They've him around every single place in Europe. So naturally, what happens? All set to sign for the Saudis for 15 million, give or take, on a huge deal. And then even one that I saw today that struck me. Roger Ibanez, the Brazilian centre-half at Roma. Quite a few Premier League clubs live within. And as you know, he's been in talks with Premier League clubs. However, cash sometimes talks, doesn't he? So he is pretty much expected to move to Saudi this week. I mean, it is starting to happen now, aren't we, Trev? We're seeing that as well. That that would be an interesting one if it gets done because it's someone picking the Saudi cash ahead of Premier League football. So, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know what we can say that we've not said. It's going to keep going. It's not showing any signs of stopping soon. The only thing I would really say is despite all the big names, they kind of, you get the feel they still want that current marquee. And what I mean by that is Mbappé, osiman awesome. They they want a current marquee to almost springboard everything, don't they? A little bit, so it ain't going to stop any time soon.
2: And that's just as well because um at least it keeps us talking and distracted. Like a sad toddler who wants to go and get the shiny thing and listen aloud and people dangle keys in front of them. At least we have something to occupy our attention because i hate to do it to you dave but we need to wrap up the show and we should also wrap it up with some final thoughts or a final thought from yourself um in terms of how things are going last week i think where we landed uh, as a duo was you know something's pretty likely has to happen this week or we may start getting a little bit antsy we got to put our money where our mouth is now and uh date how antsy we are. I, for one, will begin in a very short way by just saying, I'm currently, regardless, worried. The worry, to be specific, is that we are not going to be in a position to challenge for the league. I don't give a shit about anything else. Anyone who gives a shit about anything else, you're talking a different language to me. So I am worried that we're not going to be positioned to challenge the league because I don't believe we have the correct pieces for that jigsaw puzzle. That's where I am. Genuinely concerned about that. I'm not going to not enjoy Liverpool as the season goes on, regardless. But I will say that I want us to be challengers, and I don't think we're in a position to be currently. So that has me genuinely concerned. With as you said, three weeks left. Where are you, man? Final word for the show today?
3: Yeah, with the the season coming back, I'm always excited. You know, I'm excited to get into Anfield for the first time, watch Liverpool, all those types of things. Like you said, this is this is just becoming a real niggle now, isn't it? That that worry that. Why are we doing it? are we gonna do it to ourselves again and just leave ourselves worryingly short when he didn't even feel that it needs to, to be this way at all, especially with that windfall as you described it sat there. It's if there's no, no one in by the time we talk next weekend, you know, ahead of Chelsea, I think that the tone does change further. Hopefully, and again his fingers crossed and everything. We're talking about one. I suspect it will be Lavia, but I've said that before, so you know I can end up with further egg on my face type thing, Trev. So probably, with a long story short, is.
2: Christ knows. Let's just hope and see what happens, eh? Let's just hope and see what happens is a very, very apt way for us to finish this show. That was Dave Davis. I've been Trev Denny. This is the Transfer Podcast on Anfield Index Pro. If you're not listening to all the shows on this channel, what are you doing? If you've been introduced to this channel via our show and you like it, please spread the word. Let people know what you think about what we're doing here and do give yourself the little treat of listening to the other wonderful folk who produce stuff for Anfield index and Anfield index pro. And to wrap it up, like I say, I'm Trev, that was Dave. We'll be back with you next week.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel. So future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show.